lying to them. God was reluctant to destroy them. This seemed very wrong and he became angry. How it is possible for a prophet of God when God tried to forgive people, when God tried to express his kindness to people, the prophet of God who was anointed by God and led by the Holy Spirit, he said, you are wrong. I'm so angry. For him, God's kindness is wrong. For him, God's goodness is wrong. For him, God's graciousness is wrong. And now the story ends in the uh, fourth chapter from 9 to 11. As Joshua read it, Jonah chapter 4 was 9 to 11. There are only two, chapter, uh, two books in the Bible. Ends with question. One lamentation and another one is Jonah. But God said to Jonah, is it right? You see the mentality of people. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said. And I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant. Though you did not tend it or make it grow, it sprang up overnight and died overnight. And the whole book of Jonah ends with the word of God as God's concern. And should I not have a concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? Is a question. But God never permitted anybody to answer the question. The book ends with the question. That 11th verse talks about the concerns of God. Should I not have concern over the great city of Nineveh, the cruel evil who never takes second thought to kill people? Even in London Museum today, they have walls, statues, monuments to see how cruel were these people. The tribes that was blessed by Jacob, maintained by Joseph, followed by prophets and kings. These Assyrian, these Nineveh people took them, contaminated. Ten tribes are completely disappeared until today. And God said, have I not concerned over these people? Can't I forgive these people? The book of Jonah ends with that question. Now with the rest of the time which is given to me, I would like to give you what are the three essence life lessons for life. Three lessons that you and me should be able to learn from the book of Jonah. 
Lesson number one. Today I'm going to just say that and finish it. Lesson number one. It is easier for God to deal the Gentiles than the chosen. In other words, it is easy for God to deal with the non-baptized members than the baptized members. Let me even summarize that. It is easy for God to deal with the people who are outside of the church than inside. There are four chapters in the book of Jonah. For the people of Nineveh, only one chapter with two sentences in Hebrew four words. Rest of all the chapters, all the scriptures is for one chosen person. So it is easy for God to deal the Gentiles, secular people, non-Adventist, people who are outside of the church, but it is hard, headache for God to deal with the people who are baptized inside the church, chosen people, claim to be remnant. That's the essence of book of Jonah. It is easy for God. Just four words. In 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. That's it. These people, cruel people who took pride to expose their cruelty, they came forward, repented, human and animals. They came forward. Lord, accept us. End of story. But for the people who are inside, was so angry about the kindness of God, goodness of God, forgiveness of God. When we read the prodigal son's parable, the father did not take any second to convince the lost one. He did not take any time to convince the son to come back or to stay in. But the father had to take a minute to convince the son who is always in the house. Because it is easy for God to deal with the people who are outside of the church than inside. Sister Ellen G. White agrees. I have a more fear than the people who are outside but inside. I have more fear with him. What about book of Daniel? Nebuchadnezzar, Babylonian king, one vision, one punishment is enough for him to come back to accept God, to lift his eyes upon the Lord. But for the people of God, it took 70 years to learn who is this God. It is easy, my brothers and sisters. We think we are safe. We think we are the owners of Sabbath. We think we have everything. We think we know the Bible. We think the Holy Spirit really speaking to us. We think we are remnant. But for God, it is headache for to deal us than the other people. That's why the Nineveh people will stand up and in the time of judgment, they will speak against these people. Why? Because within four words, we came forward. But for them, three chapters, 400 years, 70 years, until now, still people are stubborn. Behave. 
and whatnot. Good Samaritan story. Samaritan understood the wounded person quickly. What about priest? What about the Levite? They just looked and walked away. And Jesus is asking, who do you think is your neighbor? Is it the priest? No. Is the Levite? No. But who is that? It's a Samaritan. He is your neighbor. Because for Jesus, it is easy to deal with the Samaritan than to priest and the Levites. I can give even one more example to prove that for God, it is easy to deal with the secular people than the baptized people. Naaman, Assyrian commander who had leprosy. For Elisha, it is easy. He did not even come out. He did not shake hands. He did not even say, hey, how are you? High fire, embrace, nothing. Staying inside the house, he said, go dip yourself in the Jordan River for some time. End of the story. He was cleansed. But what about Gehazi who was with him? Though he was with him in the house, serving the prophet, spiritually, he was a leper. And the day came, he was even physically leper. It is easy for God to deal non-baptized member than the baptized member. It is easy for God to deal with the non-believers than the believers inside the church. John chapter 1 verse 11. John chapter 1 verse 11. It says, He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to that believe on his name. Stephen Lungo, a powerful evangelist in Africa. In fact, he was called African Billy Graham. Stephen Lungo. Born in Zimbabwe, freedom fighter. I listened to his testimony that my daughter sent me. And I went through, took some research and wanted to study about him. He was born when his mother was just 14 years old. And because she was 14 years old, she couldn't raise his son. Because after all, she herself was depending upon somebody. So what she did, she threw him near the garbage. Stephen Lungo was raised up from the food fallen in the bin or litter. He was living under the bridge. The testimony says, Every day when he woke up, he used to see poisonous snakes scrolling around him because that place used to be the snake's place. But this man is now sleeping there. Every morning, the first thing he saw was poisonous snakes. 
He used to go and beg food. But finally, at the age of nine, he joined in gang. And his daily hobby became killing people. Every single day, sun may forget to raise. Sun may forget to set. But he will never come home without killing a person. He says that. From nine years, he stopped laughing. He stopped smiling. And he hated Christianity because he believed that's a white man's religion. And he joined in communism and tried to establish communist philosophy and policies in that country. Anyway, to cut the testimony short, he saw expert in throwing bomb. And that day, he wanted to blast a bank so that money, building, so also people can be destroyed. So he took his friends with bombs and he was going there to destroy the bank. There was a girl, young girl, beautiful girl, was walking in front of him. He was enticed by it. So he was following that girl. That girl went, went straight into the tent, which was opposite side of the bank, where a Christian church meeting was going on. So as he was following that girl, he went inside. And the girl kept everything and began to welcome people because she was in the team to welcome people at the entrance. And he was standing there looking at her and watching what's going on. Friend says, come, come, come. It's time up. We need to go. Sort of the bank. He said, wait, 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 wait. So he folded his hand, looking at this girl, and at the same time watching. The pastor stood up on the platform and began to preach. And he preached Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The wages of sin is death. That word, that sentence, that one text, one sentence, the wages of sin is death, penetrated in his ears. Sin, death, sin death. His heart was transformed. He told his friends, we are not dropping bomb there in the bank. I'm so confused now. The pastor talked to him, brought Bible studies for him, and he was baptized. And that after 17 years, he says, that's the first time I smiled. I smiled because I want to expose my face cruel because I'm a murderer. I'm a rapist. But today I'm smiling because of that text. And very he recently died because of the coronavirus. However, he was called Black Billy Graham. And almost every meeting, he brought about 10,000 people to Christ. It is easy for God to bring, change such people. But it is challenging for God to change people in the church.
baptized people claim to be remnant, claim to be chosen. Book of Jonah says, four letter words, enough for Nineveh, but three chapters, full of three chapters, was not even sufficient for Book of Jonah, whereas it ends with a question, am I not concerned about those people? We are so angry. Number two, number two, disaster always not to take away from God, but to bring back to God. Disaster is always come to people, not to destroy the people, not to leave from the faith, but come back to the faith. You talk about cyclone or storm in the book of Jonah. You talk about waves in the book of Jonah. You talk about fish in the book of Jonah. You talk about plant in the book of Jonah. It's all disaster. Disaster, calamity, including the plant. But that should not be destructive for Jonah, but to bring him back to God. Many times we may be suffering. We may be passing through dark time. We may be facing failures. That's not to take away from God, but to bring back to God. Job chapter 23 verse 10 says, Job 23 verse 10 says, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. According to the book of Jonah, trials was not for the city of Nineveh. City of Nineveh did not receive even one trial. The whole book of Jonah, there are many disasters. But it is not for book, uh, Jonah, uh, uh, sorry, uh, people of Nineveh. It is for Jonah. Why? Because he was running away. He was giving up. He was giving in. He said, no, 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 no. It's too much for me. It is too much for me. It's burden. They can't be dealt. I can't deal with these people. It's so hard. He was running away. God gave the trouble to bring him back to the track. My friends, when you pass through such difficult times, just hold down, pause yourself and think why it's coming. Am I running away from God or should I come back to God? God says, don't run away. This trial is for you to come back. To come back. James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. What a wonderful text James has given us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for greater joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. What a text. Consider it an opportunity for greater joy. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 10, it says, <clears throat> Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver, I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. The parable of prodigal son once again. When did the son come back home? 
when he had riches, when he had friends, when he had everything, when did he come back home? What brought him back to his father? Luke chapter 15, 14 to 16. When you read it, you will see storms of poverty. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine. Famine is a sign that God is asking you to come back. And he began to be in need. Crisis, financial burden used to bring back to God. So he went to hire himself out a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pawns of the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything is the sign that God wants you to come back to him. All the poverty, isolation, insufficiency, and everything is not to destroy us, but to bring us back to God. That's lesson number two. Because you will see the disaster from the first chapter all the way down to fourth chapter, you will be seeing Jonah was facing disasters, trials, temptations, problems, difficulties, not to destroy him, but to bring him back to God. Do not give up, my brothers and sisters. Don't step down. Don't write it off. Don't give in. Just move forward. The trials may be so hard for you. But that's for a short time. Because God's grace endureth forever. And finally, what is the concerns of God? What are the lessons that we can learn from Jonah? It is easy for God to deal the people outside than inside. And number two, disasters and difficulties is not to destroy our peace of mind, but give us the sense of repentance to come back to God. And number four, we are grateful for smaller things, but ignorance of greater things. Let me say it out once again. We are grateful for smaller things, but we are ignorance of the greater things. Let's come back to Jonah chapter 4, verses 6 to 9. And it says, So the Lord God appointed a plant, and it grew up over Jonah to be a shed over his head to deliver him from his discomfort. And Jonah was extremely happy. He was extremely happy just for a simple thing. Many of us are crying for a spilling milk. Many of us are discouraged about the smaller thing. Many of us are sometimes so happy about the smaller things what we receive it, but we are losing the greater blessings. And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant, but God appointed a worm. Then dawn came and the next day and it attacked the plant and it withered. When the sun came up, God appointed the scorching east wind. And the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die. Just because of a plant, he decided to die. You know, there are many times in the book of Jonah, Jonah wanted to commit suicide, throw him into the water. 
Lord, I want to die. I want to die. I want to die. Mental health problem. He said, Jonah's head, so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying, death is better to me than life. Then God said to Jonah, do you have a good reason to be angry about the plant? And he said, I have good reason to be angry, even to death. How dare Jonah could speak to God like that? Do you have good reason to be angry about the plant? God even did not speak to Nineveh. In fact, I had a very uh, reasonable doubt about the book of Jonah. Is it for Jonah or for Nineveh? God did not even speak any word directly to Nineveh. But he's keep on speaking, keep on speaking to convert one person who is inside the church. Do you have a good reason to give up? Do you have a good reason to be depressed? Do you have a good reason why you stopped coming to church? Do you have one proper reason why you stopped praying? Do you have one solid reason why you are so disappointed? And he said, I have a good reason to be angry, even to death. Even to death. Because Jonah was very comforted about the plant. But he missed the greater thing. Let me finish one thing. Sister Ellen White wrote from the book of uh, book Splendor of Shadow. Splendor of Shadow, page 147. When Jonah learned of God's purpose to spare the city, he should have been the first to rejoice. But he allowed his mind to dwell on the possibility of his being regarded as a false prophet. He was thinking about his own pride and good name. He was the first person to be happy, but he allowed his mind to dwell on the possibility of his being regarded as a false prophet. The compassion shown by God toward the repentant Ninevites displeased to Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Once more, he was overwhelmed with discouragement, losing sight of the interest of others. In dissatisfaction, he exclaimed, Therefore, now, O Lord, take my life from me. I beseech thee, for it is better for me to die than to live. What's God's concern? God is so concerned about the people who really understand him. I am done. Book of Jonah remains in your mind. But the lessons are so beautiful. Because God is so, for God it is so easy to deal with the people who are outside of the church than inside. Disaster and difficulties is not to destroy us, but to bring us back to God. And finally, and it says, many times people are so grateful and happy about the plant, but they missed the concerns of God.
May the Lord bless you as we try to think about, am I really troubling God? Didn't I really understand the concerns of God? God bless you all. Amen. the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of our Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit may abide with each and every one of us in our difficulties, in our dejection, in our deformities today and forevermore. Amen. Amen. We have come to the end of divine service, and I want to thank God for the following, for allowing us to come together to worship Him on Zoom platform and YouTube. I'm sure we've been blessed by Pastor's message. 
this is the time where I would like to give a vote of thanks to all those who took part today. But I'm not going to read out all of the names. I'd like to thank everyone who took part in Sabbath School, the Health Talk presenter, Praise and Worship, Divine Hour, the media team, all of the elders, and all those who worked behind the scenes to ensure we have a spirit-filled program. Please remember to come back for Bible study at 3.30 this afternoon. The title of today's study is Bread of Presence, and it will be led by our dear Pastor Milky. Thank you. Grace 
Jesus of mercy Never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me Fixed upon